What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Controversial Conversations. I'm Kelly Cavallaro. And I'm John Robinson, also known as Mr. Showcase. And we are at episode number six. Already? Yes, I know. Tell me about it. I, I can't believe it. People keep listening. They keep coming back for more. That way they're not. They're just not telling us. And they just have the same person that keeps re-downloading this, <laughs> the podcast over and over again. But uh, thank you for everyone who's joined us through five of these so far. And uh, thank you for all the feedback we've been given and the comments, the texts, the emails, the somewhat long emails sometimes mm-hmm. that uh, me and John talk about. And uh, we have taken it to heart. We've actually talked about uh, different avenues and different directions of some of these podcasts and I'm thinking everyone might like today's topic and um, we've seen many of posts on Facebook about this especially in the World Mindiest Newsletter people asking questions and today we're talking about the infamous levels of dances oh no and how many are there compared to how many people think there are compared to how many we actually see <sighs> this one's a tough one According to Line Dancer, there's five. We have Absolute Beginner, Beginner, Improver, Intermediate, and Advanced. Okay. That's it. No High Beginner, no High Phrase Intermediate, no High Intermediate Advanced, no High Phrase Beginner, (laughs) no Beginner Phrased, which that should never ever be a thing for those out there who label their dance as a phrase beginner dance <laughs> really well um, when well what about let's say like the UCWDC circuit where there's four newcomer novice intermediate and advanced and actually there's five because then there's superstars well <laughs> it's crown <laughs> if we're talking about we're talking about competition, competition right, right, right 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 which I understand guys I know novice is a word a lot of people don't like and because novice just means you're a beginner Really? If you look at the definition in the dictionary, I believe the actual definition of the word novices means you're a beginner at something. So it kind of, and no offense, that's exactly what the word improver means. <laughs> well, here's, here's, here's the issue. This, this is part of the issue. We have two separate conversations that we need to discuss, I think. Two sides of this topic. Number one, you have the levels of dances that are, that it's the level that the choreographer indicates on their step description or in their video. And you also have levels of dancers. So that was what part of the conversation was, uh, a recent conversation on Facebook. A lot of people jumped on and they were talking about the level of their dancers, which isn't always the same thing as the level of a dance. Correct. So first thing we need to, and I'm curious to hear what people think about this topic, what their feedback feedback will be. I've been in this business a very long time. I've also tutored people in other subjects. Um, and one of the, one of the, well, I'm just going to grab a topic and we'll run with it. So one of the comments that was made was, well, you have people that like to do beginner dances, but they're not beginners. So why would you call the dance a beginner dance if the person is a more experienced dancer or something of that nature? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a couple things here. Number one, we all have to start somewhere in whatever aspect of life we're doing. So whether it's dancing or golf or some kind of sports activity or becoming a writer or you know a TV producer or, or anything, you have right. to start at a beginner or novice level, right? If you don't know anything about the topic 
at all, you're a beginner. Whatever you want to call that, you're, you're, you're new to it. So like Scooter Lee calls them newbies at her Dancing with the Dream. She calls them newbies and experienced dancers. She only has two levels. <laughs> um, so, but the point is you have to start somewhere. So then we seem to want to differentiate the levels of dances for the beginners. Like you have absolute beginner versus beginner versus high beginner versus whatever you want to label it. Um, I think there's, personally I think there's just too much differentiation and also the differentiation doesn't always make sense. Agreed. I just learned a dance that was taught, well we just taught a dance at the last Dancing for the Dream that was labeled beginner and had syncopated patterns, turning steps, it was labeled beginner, 32 counts, granted no tags or restarts, I think, but it just, the steps were, I would call it an intermediate, honestly, I would have called that an intermediate dance, not even improver or novice or whatever you want to call it, but the patterns and the syncopations and the speed of the music as well should be considered. Um, so I'm going to back up a little bit and talk a little bit, because some people then, I'm sorry if I'm going to run off on tangents here, but that's, you know how I am, this is what I do. The other thing people seem to have an issue with is that improver category, which Usually. is, it's in between, I think, beginner and intermediate. Now some people say there's no such thing, you're either beginner or you're intermediate. I completely disagree with that, because I travel the world over, and I see dancers of all experience levels, all interest levels, um, I see their teachers and the material that is presented to them in their class. And I personally feel, based on all the experience that I have, most social dancers are what I would call in that middle ground between beginner and intermediate. And the reason that I say that is, I feel an intermediate level dancer should be familiar with all the step patterns. They should be able to handle different tempos, different rhythms, different structures of music and structures of choreography. And there's a lot of people that are stuck in that middle ground between I'm brand new and I know a lot of stuff and I'm really good at it. They like, they're, I don't know if they're just happy to be in that middle ground. They don't want to push themselves to grow. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but honestly, I feel it is a bad thing. Life is all about growth. And I think people should push themselves to move beyond that middle improver novice level section. But a lot of the people that I see on the circuit not at dance weekends, well, even at dance weekends, but even just in general, traveling around seeing social classes. I'm gonna give you an example. I taught recently a class for someone who told me their students were intermediate level. So I brought a nightclub two-step to that class. They had never done a nightclub two-step ever, ever, and didn't have the faintest idea how to execute it. So I had to explain how to do a basic nightclub pattern and spend like 20 minutes just getting them to understand the rhythm and the timing and the count and how to move your body properly to do a nightclub two-step. None of them had ever done a nightclub two-step, and they really struggled with it. So I wouldn't consider that class intermediate because they had never done a nightclub two-step before, and they had no clue how to even execute the steps properly. That's, that's what I was going to ask about that, because if you look at a lot of dancers, and I understand this is, this is another topic on its own. <clears throat> Excuse me. Music. Most line dancers nowadays hate country music from what I've noticed, at least people who go to events. I would say probably a good 70% of event goers, of the big events, don't like dances to country music unless, and I'm going to preface this and I will say this out loud, 
unless it's done by a big A-list name. Unless Fred Whitehouse, Shane McKeever, Rachel, Madison, Simon, Niels release a dance to a country track, you put a country song on, most of them advance, and what would classify as intermediate advanced dancers not getting up. If you put on a country song, a good country song, I guarantee you half of them couldn't dance to it because they don't they don't dance to them. They can be the greatest dancer in the world. Same thing in the country bar. If you go to a country bar scene, most country bar dances don't mind dance to slow music. You don't hear the slow dances because they're going to grab a woman. They're going to take the, use that as a song break. You put on a waltz, nine times out of ten, a bar dancer is not going to be able to dance to it. Why? Right. It's too slow. They don't dance to it. That's not what's taught in the bar. If you try to be a line dance instructor in a country bar, with the exception of maybe California, Arizona, Florida, Texas, where bars are a little bit more open, as John has traveled to all those and he knows, you, especially like Florida Barn, right. Barn and Sanford, they play a wide, they play a wide arrangement. Most country bars, if you bring put on a slow song, as an instructor, that bar manager is not going to be happy. <laughs> he's going to come up to you and go, what are you doing? You're killing my vibe. That's exactly what he's going to say. And, and I feel, and, and I said this when Fred, and I actually said this to Fred when he released Revolution. If any other instructor try to release that at a big intermediate advanced event in the middle of a new line event where you see, I'm sorry, we go through our phases where there's 77 nightclubs released at the same time. <laughs> The experience a couple of years ago, I think there was 18 dances taught over the weekend, 12 of them were either nightclub or a waltz of brand new release dances. If any other instructor would have released it that weekend, I don't think it would have the same, same impact. impact. Mm-hmm. I say this about Darren Bailey all the time. Darren Bailey has a miraculous gift for this, and I can't praise this man enough about the way he does things. He has a knack for finding a song regardless of the genre, that no matter what he does, it turns out phenomenal and grabs crowd. Let's, let's, I'm going to use the example. What's the one he did? I think he did it with Fred. You, you, you. It's the Olive Garden commercial. If you can't, it's, 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 in the, it's in every, I can't, it's funny, I'm sitting at dinner the other night with Kelly in our living room and Olive Garden commercial comes on and it's a, it's a line dance track and I'm like, I get it now. And it just grabs. But, I also feel, and back to what you started this conversation on, I feel the instructors are purposely changing up the way the levels are written on a dance for other reasons. I don't think it has anything to do with dancers. I think it's to do with not going up against other dances of their own. And I have a feeling a lot mm-hmm. of it's for awards. If you look at the categories, really? if you look at the categories, you, you, instructors don't want multiple dances of their massive hits. If they're two massive hits and they're both in the same division, one of them's losing. Mm-hmm. If I don't think they want to put dances against other dances, like no offense, guys. If you look at Line Dancer on Line Dancer Web, they put the definition of what all five categories are supposed to be. It clearly says an absolute beginner dance should not have syncopations, should not have tags, should not have restarts. Plain and simple. Is that dictated by what dances have won that category? No. Ah, so now we're getting into the topic of dances that are nominated for well, and win awards. Well, that too, but it comes... Okay, we are back. As we are saying, we are just bringing up the, the topic of absolute beginner dances. 
according to Line Dancer's page where it defines the definition of an absolute beginner dance, no tags, no restarts, no syncopations. And we brought up the fact that if you look at the dances that have won the Crystal Boot Award for that category the last couple of years, all of them have that. If you look at the dances released now, there was just dances released recently by top name choreographers that run a choreography program that released a dance by him and three others in his program. That's an absolute beginner dance that I believe it had a restart. Well, I want to address this a little bit. Please. <laughs> um, two factors. Number one, if you have, and you know this from your own experience competing on the USLDCC circuit, if you have specific parameters for a level of a dance to either place in a competition or win an award, then those parameters should be followed. Correct. To the T. Okay, that's just, that just cut and dried. You should be following your own rules, whatever the situation. Now, having said that, number two, and I'm gonna go, I'm probably gonna expound on this quite a bit because this relates to the post that we saw recently um, talking about levels of dances versus levels of dancers. Um, and the, po the post specifically asked, should a kickball change be in an absolute beginner dance? That was the exact post. Yes. And there was a lot of very interesting um, feedback to that question, um, which is why we're talking about this today. So I'm probably going to ramble because I, <laughs> I tend to go off on tangents. So what I want to say about there's several things I want to address with that specific question and that particular topic. Number one, I feel it's super, super, super important to teach dancers at all levels how to pay attention to the music how to listen to the music, how to listen to the phrasing. And I've said this many times when I had my, I just talked with somebody about this last, last weekend at Dancing for the Dream. When I had my beginner class, the first lesson, I did not teach any steps. I taught them how to count, how to count in, how to listen and understand the phrasing of a song, because I think that's the basis of knowing how to dance properly and knowing how to dance well, is understanding how those steps relate to the music you're dancing to. So if you have a person who's struggling with, no, oh, here, I'll give you, this is a concrete example. I've been in local classes or with local teachers who count in a waltz, the four, five, six on the one, two, three of the measure. You know what I mean? So the waltz, a waltz song goes one, two, three, four, five, six. And the one is always heavier than the four. The four is lighter. I love it when they counted in six, seven, eight. Well, yes. <laughs> I've seen that too. So I've heard that. Yes. But they'll count in four, five, six on the one, two, three. So then you're hitting the downbeats and it's it's weird. It's and But they don't even notice. Um, I've also seen, um, here's another example, Dancing for the Dream that we just did. Um, there are people who said to me there, well, we don't do, if there's a tag or a restart in the dance, we don't do that back home. Well, why not? Why? That stuff should be taught from the very beginning. I'm sorry. And I feel, I'm, maybe people will disagree with me on this, but I feel if you're going to teach somebody how to dance, then teach them how to listen to the music and know why the, how the steps should match the structure of that song. Meaning, when does the phrase begin? When do you start? You can't just, well, of course you can just count willy-nilly, five, six, seven, eight, any old where you want, but you might be starting on the, the three of the actual phrase of the music. 
Um, and it's going to feel weird. You're, it's going to just, you're going to be off. It's not going to feel right with your body. But I, I feel that's something we totally ignore in line dancing. We don't teach beginners how to pay attention to the music. So here's what I told the person that I had this conversation with just this past Saturday. My husband, Chris, is a beginner dancer. Mm-hmm. I would say probably, you know, I wouldn't call him absolute beginner because he, he used to know about 10 dances. Okay. But Still, I would say he's considered an absolute beginner because he hasn't gone beyond that. He hasn't, you know, learned anything harder or he hasn't had an opportunity. He works now. He doesn't come with me to dance events. But while he was dancing, he learned up to 10 dances that he would know and could go out and even lead other people on the floor. Here's the thing. Chris can listen to a song and tell you and say to you, oh, there's going to be a four count tag there. That was a tag, right? Or say, oh, that needs to be a restart. How does he know that as a beginner dancer? Because I help train his ear to hear that stuff. So I'm going to argue a little bit on the side of saying that, yes, beginners can do dances with a restart in it. Tags are harder because you have to learn extra stuff. But if you're paying it, and this is why I'm going to get on a soapbox about this, because there are experienced dancers who totally ignore tags and restarts. And this came up yes. this past weekend. It's like, how do you not, I mean, this is, this is going to, I'm sorry, but this drives me crazy. So what is it? The fifth repetition, I forget what 12, sixth repetition, I forget which one, of American Kids. Mm-hmm. Kenny Chesney isn't singing. It's very obvious that he's not singing. And you do half the dance and you start over because you want to start with his vocals so you stay on phrase. But there are people who dance right through that consistently. It's like they're totally oblivious to the fact that he's not singing and when he starts singing again, it's a new phrase and you should start over with his voice. That's something that dancers should be trained to do from the very beginning. As beginners, you should start with them and say, let's listen to music and understand how it's structured. Because that's going to set up but it's one of those core factors they need to know to become a better dancer down the road. Right. So, again, backing up, though, if you have a dance labeled as absolute beginner and there are parameters for absolute beginner dances, then obey those parameters. Stick to the parameters that are prescribed by whatever organization or whatever you know foundation or whatever so, system you're, you're um, supplying the dance to. So, so you brought up a great point there because you said you'd classify him as a beginner dancer. I get that. <laughs> so if you're going to a classroom, the straight up beginner dancers, never, ever, so not even beginner dancers, absolute beginner dancers, never danced before, first class, never line danced before, this is what they're coming to do and you're teaching them. Are you teaching them to dance with a restart? No. <laughs> Are you teaching them to dance with a tag? No. You teach in the dance with syncopations. No. I rest my case. <laughs> but here's, here's, here's that, that, that's the thing though, Kelly. That's a very, that's true. Because you, I don't start with that. I actually start with, let's count the beats. Let's understand the structure of the music. Where do you begin the dance? How do you know? Because that's one of the questions. They say, where do we start? How do you know where to count in? Right. That's something you should train them from the very beginning before you even teach them steps. So with my, here's what, I'll, I'll finish the story. So here's what I did with my class. I taught them how to understand music. We, we marched our feet in place to the song. We clapped our hands to the song. We counted out loud. Um, we, we moved our bodies to the music before we even did any step patterns, okay? Then I started teaching them step patterns over the next two or three or four weeks. Now this might sound, you might be like, well, I have... 
different people. It, it depends on your venue. This was a dedicated class where they were coming to learn. It wasn't like a bar or a club where you had new people walking in every week. That's completely different. But by the end of that time, I had taught them patterns. Then we strung them together into an actual dance. Okay. And I said, one of the dances you're going to need to know, and this was after weeks of building up to it, talking about how to do vines, how to do step touches, blah, blah, blah. I said, you're going to need to know how to do the electric slide because everybody does it everywhere. You'll be doing it at weddings, parties, graduations, funerals, <laughs> everywhere they do the electric slide. Right. Here's the thing, though. When I put the music on, which was anything we danced to, it didn't matter what the song was, they were giving me funny looks. I said, why are you looking at me funny? They said, because this dance doesn't fit this music. And the only reason they knew that is because we had spent two weeks just on understanding musical structure and how your steps should match the phrasing of the song. If the vocalist starts to sing, you want to start over again. If the verse begins or the chorus begins, let's say there's an instrumental. You should acknowledge that there's an instrumental. And what does that mean? Is it extra music? Do you have to fill it in with? And then I explain, as you grow up, as you get better at this down the road, you're probably going to encounter dances with what we call tags or restarts. And this is what those things mean, and you'll know how to recognize them. Now, I did not teach them a dance at that point because they weren't ready for it. This is going to lead me to the next aspect of this subject, though, because people were trying to, to say, you have dancers who have experience. Let's say they've done ballroom or they've done some other form of dance. So they're coming in and they're not beginner dancers. Yeah. Well... They may be beginner line dancers. So how do you differentiate that? You have, you have people who may have experience. Just I'll go off on this tangent for a little bit. Somebody just posted how they've discovered, this was on Facebook, like today. <laughs> very, very appropriate topic to be discussing. They were talking about how ballroom people have come to their line dance classes and have found it very difficult or very challenging. The structure... Um, knowing the weight transfers and stuff like that, which I find very interesting because I my first class was in ballroom. At 19, I took ballroom lessons. I had no issues at all transferring over to line dance. In fact, line dance made more sense to me. But my, my question, and I'm going to ask this, I'd be curious to ask this person the question, were they a leader or were they a follow? Mm. Because as a leader, yes... We will transfer easily because we're used to doing steps on our own and being we're used to putting ourselves where we're supposed to be. Followers are not. Good point. That's a um, good point. I, growing up in a country western, doing couples dancing background, at the same time I learned line dancing. When I was competing in couples, normally, if uh, my pro, and at the time now my ex-wife's pro, they. At their pro-am did different routines so when we dance couples normally normally the girl the follower would do the guy's routine because they're just following well i learned all of her routines instead because it was easier for me because i was a line dancer um, to learn choreography at the time than it was for her to learn how to follow necessarily competition routines right so i noticed that and I've been told this by judges that I, when I choreograph, that I should start on my right foot more when I choreograph dances because that's what women are used to. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe in ballroom and couples dancing, but line dancing, it shouldn't matter. It steps a step, regardless of what foot it is. Right, and I agree. So here's, here's an observation because I've noted, having worked as many events that I do, 
UCWBC events included, a, it seems to me as if a higher percentage of couples dancers, not just ballroom, but couples dancers in general, have issues learning line dances. Yes. Now, those people are very experienced in what they do, so they may be, you know, intermediate level couples dancers, but then they try to learn a line dance routine and it's like they're falling over their own feet. Uh, and I saw this at Philly Fall Fest, which I just worked a couple weeks ago, where some of the swing dancers tried to learn one of the line dances and had a little bit of a challenge with some of the patterns. But yet in their genre, in West Coast Swing, they excel. They're, you know, like really good at it. And they were part of the show. They did a number in the show. So kudos to them for, for jumping out on the floor and, and doing the line dance routine with us. But um, they readily admitted that they found it a little awkward. Harder. Yeah. So, so then you're dealing with how would you teach that person? Do you know what I'm saying? So we're getting a little off, off tangent here, but they obviously are experienced dancers in their genre, but they would be beginner line dancers. You know what I'm saying? So how do you tailor your class to that? So we have two, we have two talks here we're kind of, we're kind of tackling. The, the level of the dancer in your class versus the level of the dance on the step description. But here's my question, should that matter? What should what matter? Should one affect the other? If you're a choreographer and you go to write a dance, should what you label the dance matter what you're teaching, if, should it mimic, should you label it as something to justify it to your students, even though the rest of the world wouldn't agree with that? Because mm. I think that might play well, into I, it as well. Yes, I'm curious. I, I find it difficult to understand sometimes how people label the levels of their dances. So like the example I gave, should I just come right out and say it? <laughs> This is controversial conversations. Go right ahead. So the dance is Kodigo. Yep. By Pat Stott. And it was labeled beginner. That is not a beginner dance. I don't it know on what... For I, do, award I do not know on what planet or in what universe that's considered a beginner dance. It is not. There is no way anywhere that's a beginner dance. So, you know, as you keep... You always say, no offense. No, I don't care if you're offended or not. It's the truth. That is not a beginner dance. And I see so many dances that are mislabeled. But... You, you have a good point because you're coming at it from the, the perspective of why do the choreographers, I think is what I'm hearing you say, why do the choreographers specifically choose that level? Is it for... Yeah. Because um, here, 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 here's my concept. I don't teach a weekly class. I would love to. Whether uh, Circumstances right now, I don't have one. I don't teach at, while I'm home. I'm on the road a lot. I'm at events a lot. When I sit down to choreograph dance... And I write a dance, I'm thinking, okay, what level should this be classified as? I'm not thinking of who's dancing it. Mm -hmm. I'm not thinking, oh, I'm trying to teach this to a group of intermediate advanced people. I should label it as this because they don't understand that. Oh, I'm teaching this to this, so I should label it as this because most people might back away if they see this. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of everything I've been trained over the few years between you, Rachel, Guyton, everybody I've ever learned from how to properly justify what I should label that dance at. That's it about. Now, like you said, the USLDCC I competed at, I'm bound by their rules. They have a step list of what's allowed in a newcomer. They don't have what's allowed in different divisions. They just have what, if you have these steps, they have a list. You can't enter your dance in newcomer novice. Now, I did Push the boundaries. <laughs> yes, we purposely, <laughs> and because there were steps left off, and 
I put it in there and I got knocked down and I argued, uh, hello. <laughs> and the justification is, well, the judges didn't think that. Well, I don't feel if, if I'm not breaking a rule, the judge should not justifiably be able to mark me down on it. We've talked about this. Yep. We've talked about this many times. Anybody wants to actually have a more in-depth conversation about <laughs> when I randomly with Apple Jacks and called it, I called it an improver dance. I did. You were there. You watched yes, me write it. Um, but that's a different story for another time. But when I write a dance, I'm not thinking of a class. I'm not thinking of the thing. I'm thinking of that piece of music, the steps I put to that piece of music, and how I classify that. I don't care if I'm going to have to go up against... 800 other intermediate dances. If I feel it's only an intermediate dance, it's getting classified as an intermediate dance. I'm not going to label it as a low intermediate. I'm not <laughs> going to label it as a high intermediate. I'm not going to label it as an intermediate slash advanced. I'm not going to enter none of that. If it's a straight up intermediate dance, it's an intermediate dance. Yeah, we haven't even addressed those those hybrid categories. Well, Trevor, so, we, did the, we did the show on the Honky Tonk Highway, and I had Tim Johnson, Trevor Thornton, and Big, Big Dave Baycroft. As my guest, we talked about this because it was a continuance of when I had J.P. Potter, uh, Fred Whitehouse, and Darren Bailey on of Dances Being Written Today during the pandemic. And Trevor did a great job of this, and we did this like 12 days into a month. And he went and looked at every dance that had been submitted to Kavanaugh for those 12 days. And he wrote down every level. There were 27 different <laughs> level names. High beginner, high phrase beginner, intermediate beginner. What does People. that even mean? Well, thank you. <laughs> a right. begin, advanced beginner. What yeah. the hell's an advanced beginner? <laughs> if you're, if you're, if, yeah, if, then you're, you've moved up. You're in a completely different right. category. Right. I don't, I don't, yeah. So uh, to me, it's partly common sense. I, I'm just sorry, but I'm not sorry. It's partly common sense. Yeah. But also partly understanding what, what is appropriate for each level. And you kind of know, I mean, you've got to tell me, Kelly, I think you would agree with me, especially for teachers who've been doing this for a long time or choreographers who've been doing it for a long time. You've got to know like what steps are appropriate for a beginner dancer versus an intermediate dancer. Uh, you have I to agree. Know, you have to understand vaudeville steps or sailor half turns are not appropriate for beginners. But I will back my statement up. I think they label them as that because they don't want to go against other, other dances. When it comes for voting time, other dances label that category. If well, you look at if uh, I hate to say it, but if you look at some of these dances being released, and I call this, and as of the as of time this as the time that this was released to the public, I don't know what it'd be, but at the time we're at the end of October. Me and John are sitting. Um, it's the day before Motor City Dance Classic in Detroit, uh, actually in Troy, Michigan, and I referred to this on my radio show on Line Dance Radio the last couple of times. I refer to this time of year as CBA season. I do. Nothing against it. But it, historically, if you look at the dances that are released this time of year, they win, they win awards. Mm. Between the middle of September and the end of October, hmm, funny, big events right in the middle of that. You have the experience where a bunch of dances come out at, and you have Windy City, which a bunch of dances come out at. Coincidence? I think not. And then... Big time voting and service right before, right when it is announced, we're getting ready for nominations and boom, everything's fresh on the mind. You know, I found it hysterically funny last year, and I said this, we had 67 dances make it to the shortlist in this Crystal Boot Awards. And every pat, the, the five defending Crystal Boot Awards 
all were renominated in a year where we had more dances choreographed in the middle of the pandemic than ever, I'd have to say. You had Poetry in Motion end up getting a nomination. Thank you, a nomination. <laughs> really? Yeah. And not a single, and this is a different topic. This might have to be a show coming up. Not a single American choreographer was nominated out of 67, not one. Hmm. I find it hysterically funny if you look at some statistics, guys. That's why we bring this up. If you look at the levels, and I just did a radio show on this, I read what the levels defined. According to the line dancer, there shouldn't even be a nightclub two-step labeled as absolute beginner beginner because that step is listed as an intermediate step, if I'm not mistaken, or an improver step, I'm sorry. Same thing, I think, with rumba. Like, we just had it where you had a rumba, an absolute beginner rumba that was released that got taken down on Facebook because it mimics too many steps of a different dance. No offense. How many choreographers and how many different steps are can you name as basic rumba steps for an app for a beginner? You can't. It's it's this is the same thing, guys. Especially experienced choreographers. You know what? If if these were just the newbies, the new up and comers that were doing this, we wouldn't even be having this show. We wouldn't. But it's the people who've been around. It's the experienced people. It's the people that are the top tier. It's the people that are up, the upper echelon that everyone looks up to, that are naming dances high beginner, naming dances uh, absolute beginner that have syncopations and restarts in it. When y'all do that, you're either doing it for a reason or you're doing it to try to change the game. And I wouldn't say you're doing it to change the game because when someone else does it, some of y'all are the first one to say, well, that's not that level. That's too hard for my dancers. I've seen it. I've seen it done. I've seen it. I've seen it said straight up. Well, no, you shouldn't. That shouldn't be. That's too hard. That's not a beginner dance. But yet, then the turnaround next, the following week, they release a dance almost identical with the same type of steps and call it an absolute beginner. So, how do we solve this issue? Is the question. How do we come to some sort of um, consistency? I guess. Um, to be honest, I don't think we ever are. <laughs> no, it, and it's, it, it's, I, I, I don't think it's due to the fact that this could be a whole other topic. It's just mm. we have different genres. We have right, and this is uh, this will go on for the constant battle. There's the UK versus the way it's done in the UK and Europe to the way things are done in the US. But there's also what y'all don't have to deal with in the U. What we deal with in the US. There is the event side of the United States, and there is the bar, bar side. Yeah. If dances events stopped due to this pandemic. Guess what? At least in our country, dancing would not stop because it thrives in the bars. Yes. So I think because of those three differences right there, and that's a whole other show altogether. Yep. Um, I don't think we can. I would love to. I would love for us to find a panel of experience and new people possibly to talk about this. Of what does this? What should this be? To find the levels kind of like what ballroom does with a syllabus or what Brian mm-hmm. Barakowskis and Mike a Wagner syllabus. just did with a syllabus for country dancing. There's an idea. Have a syllabus, but... So there are some. I mean, there are guidelines. Line Dancer Magazine has has a list. But um, the Line Dancer... No offense, Line Dancer Magazine doesn't follow their own rules. Right. <laughs> Good point. Nothing um, against them. I love it. Betty Drummond does an amazing job. Gary Bray with the step sheets. I can't praise that website compared to Copper Knob and all the rest of them enough. I do it every week on my show. But they 
the own rules. Right. So, and really quickly, because this is, you know, ideas run through my head like crazy rabbits. So the question backing way up to the beginning of this episode that somebody asked on Facebook was, is it okay to do a kickball change in an absolute beginner dance? I'm still so, going to say no. <laughs> well, and I've, taught, and I've taught absolute beginners. So I think many people might consider, let's say, a jazz box to be a fairly beginner move. But honestly, in all the years I've been teaching, people struggle with a jazz box. Yep. So, but yet I think a lot of people consider that to be a beginner step as far as, you know, but so there's a lot to, there's a lot to consider as far as not just weight transfers, but when you're crossing, because that involves a, a part of your, part of your body is crossing another plane of your body. That's tricky for people. Weight shifts, believe it or not, are tricky for people who aren't used to them. So I just taught a workshop somewhere. I think it was in Connecticut. And some of the new dancers weren't committing their weight to yep. their feet. So you tell them to step, but they would actually like hold their weight back to the other foot instead of actually move, shifting their core, shifting their body weight onto the foot they were stepping on. So they were always off time because they were then their bodies were trying to catch up. Those so you can you can even give a syllabus and classify certain moves, but then there are just issues the way people move their bodies have trouble with some of those steps that yeah. you consider easy. There's so and that's something that nobody can control. I hate to break this to you, and the people who can say that they can teach every class every way the same way, they can't. They shouldn't be. Because not everybody learns the same way, not everybody hears stuff the same way, not everybody moves the same way. If you go in and you actually teach every dance you've ever written the exact same way you teach the one before. You're never going to evolve as an instructor, and you're never going to get better. This that's a very very good point, Kelly. And I've done um, some teacher training videos and workshops I've been doing on, at some of the big. I events. don't teach the same way when I teach at an event or a class that I teach in a bar. I can't. You can't. I think we need choreographer training classes as well. I 100 percent agree. <laughs> I've been saying this for years. I've said this for years. Some of the best classes on the agenda on a schedule of a dance event are. Technique, how to write step sheets, how to choreograph. I said this for years ago. I want to take five five choreographers um, that are totally different, like different styles, different ways, and put them on and go through the thought process of how they mm. listen to music, what they feel when they uh, when they do a dance, what they do when they go to write, start writing it down, how to break down music. Like when we were working on Mississippi Countdown. Um, Thankfully, we both have very similar styles the way we count. And I think well, when I first started counting and learning how to count music, I learned how to count with Guyton. Guys, uh, you had to be in a room with this man when he created dances. The way this man's brain works, it's either keep up or move out of the way. It straight up is. He, 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 his brain works in a different way. And I was very blessed... That's was my first taste into watching that. And I just evolved. I learned from Rachel. I was very blessed that I moved to Texas and I did a lot of country and ballroom training where I took from different pros and I learned how they broke down music, broke down moves. Working with John, he's been one of the best assets in my career since I started competing in the USLDCC of how I hear. And he'll even admit, I don't hear things a lot of the time the same way a lot of people. And... I contribute that to all my different things, but that makes everybody different. Yep. And that's going to break down 
how I hear something and how I write it, I might consider something beginner. He might look at it and go, well, no, that's more of an improver. That's where we need to get the difference in. And I think that's a big part of it. Just because I might think, oh, well, no, that's a beginner dance. That's an easy one. People in the bar can get that all the time. I think, and if, I, if, you, don't mind me, if you don't mind me breaking in really quickly, but I think people forget what it's like to be a beginner. And, and I'm talking both teachers and choreographers. You forget... So I have a great barometer. When I write a beginner dance, I have Chris. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, Chris, does this feel comfortable to you? Can your body do, do you want to do this step next? Or does it feel weird? You know, and he'll say, well, that, I I can't do that move. That doesn't feel right. I, I, I need something else there. So all of my quote unquote beginner dances that I wrote were Chris approved as mm-hmm. a as a beginner dancer he would say and I would ask him can you do this or I would write something a little harder and then say you know I'm trying to push you now is this something that your body physically can handle and he would say yes or he'd say no that's I, that's a weird step I can't get the mambo step or whatever um, so I think maybe I'm wrong but I really feel a, many choreographers and dancers teachers forget what it's like to be an absolute beginner agreed you know, what are the issues with your body? I see this all the time when I teach beginner classes. For example, the hesitation of, of not moving your, your core over your foot when you tell somebody to take a step. They, they hang back. Um, men have different issues than women when they're first learning. Agreed. They have different things that, like, this is weird, but I have always found, I think it's, is it the guys? Usually, I'm trying to remember. Guys usually found it easier to do a jazz box compared to the ladies, I think. It was one or the other. One of the, the genders, they had no not as much of a challenge with it as the other gender, which I found very interesting. Um, but there's something going on in the learning process there. So I think we that people just forget what it's like to be a beginner and, and what steps would be appropriate for somebody who's never line danced before. That I, might be part of the issue. I think I think it'd be really cool, and I know event directors ask every every choreographer usually, or instructor that's on, on the agenda on their schedule to submit beginner dances to teach in the beginner room but I think I would kill that if an event director went to someone who actually teaches absolute beginners and beginners ask them for a list of dances and assign every instructor that they're hired you're going to teach this dance you're going to teach this dance you're going to teach this dance you have mm-hmm. three four weeks to learn if, if an instructor that you have at an event can't learn an absolute beginner dance in three to four weeks well well, that's a different topic. They should be able to learn in three minutes. Right. <laughs> so, but that would be really cool. <laughs> that I like that idea, Kelly. That's a good good idea. You yeah. should suggest that. I think I might just. <laughs> I might know a event director sitting next to me. So, <laughs> um, well, thank you guys for joining us again for another episode. Um, we had fun talking about this. This one will probably have more episodes. I think there needs to be a follow up. <laughs> I think there's going to be a follow up, and this might be a good one for the Q and A. We're going to be coming up to do and asking, getting people's different thoughts on that. So um, until next time, guys, I'm Kelly Cavallero. And I'm John Robinson, also known as Mr. Showcase. See ya.